As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking at the Week 13 waiver wire, including the best quarterbacks to stream on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It is a new month. Happy December to everyone. Tuesday, December 1st is the day and the date. I am Michael Beller, and I am joined by Derek Van Riper as we look ahead to the Week 13 waiver wire, which is going to have some uh, more moving parts than usual, Derek, at least in terms of when this is going to run now that uh, Ravens and Steelers has been moved back to Wednesday as of this recording. Uh, how you doing? I'm fine. I just um, I know that we have to take everything with the necessary block of salt this season. So, (laughs) you know, be flexible. Uh, Understand that the people that manage leagues, either your commissioners or even the people that program the sites that run your leagues are actual human beings who want to do the best job possible. So, you know, be kind to them as everybody works through these very uncertain times. Very good message to all fantasy football managers out there. Uh, One thing I guess we know with as much certainty as we can uh, in 2020 and in this specific NFL week of 2020 is that waivers are going to run in your fantasy league at some point. It might be Wednesday, it might be Thursday, it might be Friday. There are going to be waivers processing at some point this week. We're going to take a look at some of the more interesting players who are out there. We've got a quartet of running backs to discuss here, and then I also want to hit on quarterbacks to stream. So let's start with those running backs. I think we can get through these guys relatively relatively, excuse me, quickly. First guy is Devontae Booker. Josh Jacobs suffered an ankle injury in the third quarter of the Raiders' loss to the Falcons. Devontae Booker has been the clear backup to Josh Jacobs for some time now. Still no word as to the severity of the Jacobs injury, and there was really no reason for the Raiders to bring him back in at that point of the game. They were getting just absolutely waxed by the Falcons, but Booker is definitely the backup. If Jacobs were to miss time, Booker steps in as the clear starter, and even if it's just one game, that one game comes against the New York Jets before a schedule in the playoffs of the of the Colts, Chargers, and Dolphins. So is this an unload-the-wallet situation for someone like Devontae Booker? Yeah, I think it could be because it, 
if you throw out week 12, this is a Raiders offense that's actually exceeded our expectations at most turns, and I think Booker is a part of that. Uh, he's never really had enough of a solid role to trust him as anything more than a lottery ticket in our leagues to this point, so he should be widely available. Uh, we saw what he could do with volume in that blowout win against the Broncos back in Week 10. 16 carries, 81 yards, a couple of touchdowns. We've seen him catch passes earlier in his career. That's something that you know Josh Jacobs hasn't really done all that much himself. So I think in terms of volume, this opportunity for Devontae Booker looks like a good one. Uh, and the Jets are, are certainly not a defense to fear. I mean, if you're looking for a perfect bounce-back opportunity, other than having to go from the West Coast-ish, we'll say, not that they're in Vegas, all the way to New York, uh, that's about it. It's the only thing that's difficult about that matchup. The Raiders should come back with a vengeance in Week 13, and Devontae Booker should be pretty busy if Jacobs can't go. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Raiders could um, move to like Sydney, Australia for this game, fly to Sydney, and then fly to New York and still be uh, pretty comfortable favorites against the Jets. So I think that this will be A-OK for them. And I agree, Devontae Booker, this might be a situation where what are you holding the money on to? Even if you're just getting one start out of him, could be a very good start against the Jets. Next guy up, Cam Akers. Nine carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown in the Rams. Lost to the 49ers. 61 of those yards and the subsequent touchdown came on uh, the same play. Uh, he had the 61-yard run and then two carries later had the touchdown. So we uh, know what the situation is in the Rams' backfield. I still don't think you really want to chance it here. The remaining schedule at Arizona, New England, Jets, and at Seattle. I, I, I mean, Akers could have value, but it's all just a floating theory at this point. I don't think I would go too crazy for him. No, and I look at the distribution of snaps in this backfield no back out of Akers, Daryl Henderson, or Malcolm Brown has played more than 45% of the snaps in any of these last three games. So it's chaos right now. There's not a trend pointing toward Akers taking on a larger share of the workload. Earlier this year, we thought that might be the arc. We thought maybe by the time we got to the second half of the Rams schedule coming out of that week nine bye, maybe then Cam Akers would be the guy that gets 50, 60, maybe even 70% of the touches in this backfield. It's not happening in terms of snaps. It's not happening in terms of touches. Unfortunately, it looks like a situation to avoid entirely unless Sean McVay consolidates things a bit, either by design or as a result of an unfortunate injury to one of these three backs. Yeah, that's exactly it. For me, Cam Akers' fantasy value, and really all these guys' fantasy utility comes in the fact that you bury them on their bench. If one of the other guys gets injured, then the uh, the two remaining become interesting. But so long as all three are healthy, you're never going to feel good about starting any of them, no matter how good Akers has looked at times, or Henderson has looked at times, or frankly how good Brown has looked at times. But I think we know he's the third of the three in Sean McVay's personal pecking order. First of the uh, of the three in Atlanta for the time being is Brian Hill with Todd Gurley injured. Raheem Morris still holding out some hope, said on Monday that uh, hopeful that the team will get Todd Gurley back on Sunday. But Brian Hill was the starter last week, got 13 carries, turned it into 55 yards uh, in the team's win over the Raiders. Edo Smith was involved throughout, got more involved later in in the game, but it was Brian Hill who was the clear starter, the clear leader in the backfield. So Brian Hill potentially holding on to the job for a while, given the knee injury to Todd Gurley. Where does he sit in your waiver priority this week? Is he someone who even really shows up on your radar? He's there, but I still wonder if Ito Smith has more of a role than we'd like him to. 
Uh, I think with Hill, the expectation was if a blowout were to occur, he would have had 20 touches and probably got to 15 fantasy points pretty easily. And you know, Ido Smith had, I think, five targets in that game, and Hill, I believe, only had one. So uh, the fact that they were winning and the carries were split and Smith was more involved as a pass catcher than Hill in a big win gives me some pause. At least it, it doesn't make me want to go all in on Brian Hill. And I know we're at the point in the season, as you alluded to before, what are you saving it for? I'm saving it for someone in maybe week 15 or week 16 who takes on a larger share of his backfield than I expect Brian Hill to have in Atlanta. So worth the pickup, but certainly not worth a big bid in leagues that use fab. Agree with you there. I'm not going crazy for him, just like we said with Cam Akers, and I am definitely not going crazy for our last guy here, Frank Gore. I mean, we got to talk about him. 18 more carries for 74 yards in the Jets' loss to the Dolphins. With Michael P. Ryan out, he clearly is in command, has basically total ownership of that Jets' backfield. He's got double-digit carries in nine games this season. But here's the reason why I'm not interested in Frank Gore, Derek. Volume hasn't been a problem for him all year. Like I said, double-digit carries in those nine games. He's turned that into RB45 in half-point PPR scoring. So again, I think he's someone who, if you have the ability to maneuver at this point and spend a buck or two bucks, not your entire uh, remaining fab money on him, you get him, you put him on the end of your bench. If disaster befalls you and you have to turn to someone, at least you can turn to someone who you know is going to touch the ball. But I don't see how you feel good about Frank Gore uh, going forward. No, I mean, I just think if this offense could put more points on the board, then he'd be pretty interesting. But we're talking about a player who is not efficient with the carries that he gets, and he still doesn't have much of a role in the passing game. He's played 11 games this season. He's caught 13 passes. So uh, if the Jets are protecting the lead, sure, then the usage goes up. But they're always a dog. They're going to be a touchdown dog to pretty much everybody, even when they're playing at home. So that works against him. You have to wonder, too, if the Jets decide they want to give anybody else in the depth chart a look just to see if they have more of a future with that back than with Gore. I think what he's done in his NFL career is impressive, and maybe as fantasy players we get unnecessarily frustrated by his usage instead of being impressed by the fact that he could still be a competent NFL player at age 37. Uh, But I don't want to play him in a fantasy league. It's not unlike Adrian Peterson getting more run for certain stretches with the Lions, right? You don't feel good about playing him. It's more of a last resort sort of volume grab, and there's not enough ceiling there to stash him away on your bench. You know, there are players who play a lot less and touch the ball a lot less than Frank Gore, who I'd rather have on my bench for the final weeks of the season because I'd rather go feast or famine and play one of those guys in the event of injuries than turn to Gore and grind out 50 yards on 15 to 18 carries think that's the right way to think about it for what it's worth the remaining schedule for the Jets this season uh, they're hosting the Raiders this week then they go on the road for the Seahawks and Rams and then return home in week 16 to take on the Browns looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's talk Week 13 quarterbacks to stream. Derek, we actually do have two teams going on by this week, last two buys of the season. One of them has a quarterback that probably a lot of people have been leaning on. That is the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, also the Carolina Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, certainly not a throwaway quarterback, so could be some more people in the streaming pool than usual this week. And we've got a lot of good options. This is not a bad week to be streaming the quarterback position. What's the first name that jumps at you if you are someone who's looking for a one-week quarterback here? Well, yeah, I think there's actually quite a few good options. Kirk Cousins is playing really well lately, yes. and he's a little bit like Derek Carr in my mind where I don't praise him very often. But one thing that's really changed for me is that Justin Jefferson has emerged to be almost a 1A, 1B with Adam Thielen. Thielen wasn't even on the field on Sunday, and Cousins put up 307 yards and threw three TD passes against the Panthers. And that's a Carolina defense that's actually been pretty stingy through the air so far this season. So when you start to take a look at the overall body of work from Kirk Cousins in recent weeks, you got a 300-yard game against Dallas in Week 11, you know, 292 and a couple scores against a pretty tough Bears secondary back in Week 10, three TDs against the Lions in Week 9, and look, Jacksonville is one of the softest matchups you could have. So I would play less talented quarterbacks than Kirk Cousins, with less talented weapons than he has around him in that Vikings offense against that Jags defense. So I think Cousins has to top my list of the widely available streaming options at quarterback for this week. Yeah, he would be my first choice also. If he's not available to me, the next place I would look is actually on the other side of that game, assuming that it is Gardner Minshew. If Minshew can return this week and if DJ Chark can return this week, I actually like that game to be a sneaky shootout. Uh, I think that Gardner Minshew can keep the Jaguars in games uh, in ways that we haven't necessarily seen from them in the Jake Luton slash Mike Lennon era, although they were right there with the Browns in Week 12. So I think that that could be fun. Uh, if you have no cousins and Minshew does not return, then I turn my attention to uh, Philip Rivers at Houston. Uh, you know, as long as that game doesn't get away from Indy and Rivers is still allowed to dink and dunk his way around, he has shown that he can be effective like that. You don't want to get in a situation where you have to chase with Philip Rivers as your quarterback, as we saw against Tennessee in Week 12, because that's where things can get ugly. And I don't think that that is going to be the case. I don't think even if Houston makes this a good close game, which I think they can, I don't think it's going to be a game where they get way ahead and Indy is forced to chase the way that Tennessee did. So I think they become interesting, or Rivers becomes an interesting stream target this week. And then I'll throw one more out there, but I'll let you uh, take the time on this one, Derek. Ryan Fitzpatrick, assuming he gets another start this week with Tua Tungavailoa still nursing that thumb injury, going up against the Bengals. We know what Fitz can do. Did it against a bad Jets defense. I think he can do the same or even better against a bad Bengals defense. Yeah, I, I think the only concern I have with the Bengals, I wonder if they're going to struggle even more than the Jets to put points on the board given the injuries they're dealing with, not having Joe Burrow, but the setup is a good one for Fitz. They can get you an easy 18 or 19 points in this spot. Uh, I think it's great for kind of steadying the value of Devontae Parker down the stretch too for what it's worth. I mean, he looked really good in week 12, so I'm pretty encouraged if I've got Devontae Parker on my roster 
so long as Fitz stays healthy himself. I think between Fitz and Tua, you're in a good place with Parker. Uh, they're the quarterback in this group, Baker Mayfield. I mean, look, at Tennessee, shootout potential there, and Jarvis Landry looks healthy. That is such a good sign. We talked about it on yesterday's show. If Jarvis Landry can be that number one receiver again, that goes a long way because he's one of those guys that can run a lot of short and intermediate routes, get open quickly, and enable Baker Mayfield to make a quick decision to get rid of the ball. I think that bodes well for Baker's chances of kind of finishing this season on a high note. For a Browns team that has exceeded expectations this year, Baker has not played well yet, but I do like his matchup against the Titans in Week 13. Yeah, it's going to be a heavy Nick Chubb versus Derrick Henry game, but still think that those passing games are going to have to be heard of on both sides of it. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. I promise you, waivers will run this week at some point, so hopefully this helps point you in the right direction. Uh, For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be right back here with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, and have a great day.